0: This is Levi Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Stu Young. Teddy
1: Stigma, the world's worst role model. E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCal Val. And we are... The Ugly Ducklings! And you are listening to... The only wrestling podcast that calls it... Right down the middle, the whole... and
2: Show. And now the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle the whole reffin show
3: hello hashtag dear listeners and welcome back to another fun filled educational episode of the only
1: wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle the whole and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And you know it's educational when Perry Smith and Darren Beasley are around because we're just two hip, hip, hip cats that are so educated. That's right. I've got two hips. How about you, Darren? Um, I, uh, well, actually, you know, like, uh, like Monty Python said... I've got two legs from my hips to the ground and when I move them they walk around and when I lift them they climb the stairs and when I shave them they ain't got hairs. I think people just exercise their right to use the 15 second skip. Uh, On that one,
3: uh, I'm kidding, you know I love Monty Python, Darren, that we talked about that.
1: They say the nicest things about you.
3: Um, I hope John Cleese knows who I am. Uh, that'd be very nice, and very cool. Uh, so, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, we're not just talking about Monty Python. We're talking about wrestling. A couple of things to talk about. Uh, John Cena up for a major award. It's a
1: major award. <laughs> He's going to win a leg whale. Fragile. I must be Italian. Oh, it's coming up. That the twenty-four hours of a Christmas story. Oh, oh. it's
3: impending. It's coming, baby. Uh, I, I wait for it every year. Um so sixty four days I'm waiting go, for it yeah, to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like Christmas itself. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh that's the only really major news thing. Yes, I know Darren knows Starcade was uh, Starcade did recently take place, but uh, yeah. I refuse to recognize WWE's version of Starcade folks. Last year it was a glorified house show. Was it even televised? Sounded neat, but nope, if you're gonna shit on something, and let's face it, WWE shat upon Starcade before they said, hey, let's let's put it on the network. We put every other fucking thing on the network, but not Starcade. This time they decided, hey, we're gonna put Starcade on the network, but you know what? You can't put Maserati on a Volvo and tell me it's a Maserati because I know it's a Volvo, because I know you don't give a shit. I know you don't give a shit about WCW's Starcade, Vince McMahon. Be- but
1: Be- Volvo's still a pretty nice car. Oh, no, Darren, no. But I'm saying it's not a Maserati. Oh, nothing is a Maserati. A you're Maserati Maserati's a Maserati? I have not, no, no. I was lucky enough to drive one one time. I uh, I am not at all fabulously rich, but I have been lucky enough to know a few fabulously rich people they fabulously rich. who knew even more fabulously rich people wow. And uh, I once did get to participate in a gumball rally from uh, Seabring, Florida to Tampa, Florida. Um, Tampa is going to be a recurring theme on today's show. It really it will be but uh, I was able lucky uh, I was lucky and able to drive a maserati in a gumball rally. Uh, several years ago. Oh wow. Up from Sebring, Florida to Tampa Bay and that was pretty cool. You're learning
3: about Darren Beasley, hashtag dear listeners, as I myself am learning as I had no idea this, this took place and uh, we might hear more about that later on today's episode. Probably not
1: but <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the story. There that was itself. the story. That's the end of it. I didn't get arrested and I didn't get in a wreck. I had a lot of fun and I'll probably never drive a Maserati again. Not by choice. But you can say that you did, Darren, and that's all that really, really matters. Uh,
3: so that's that. Uh, the meat of today's episode, though, I should say, folks, is that uh, we were fortunate enough to have a couple of individuals on today's episode. That we had the pleasure of interviewing uh, some names that you've heard on the show. Uh, actually, quite a bit recently because we had them on our live panel at Fest Wrestling uh, that we were at uh, not too long ago at all.
1: Right, so they're back.
3: They're back for the very first time. They're back for the very first time. We're talking about Ronnie Rios and Caden Green of the Coda. The tag team, Dakota, is on the show. We have a lot to talk about with them.
1: Yeah, don't call them Dakota. Don't call them Dakota.
3: Absolutely not. And don't make any uh, references to Paul Simon's Kodachrome because you may have made it before uh, <laughs> without realizing it. Uh, Your you're very unique and funny joke you may have told a couple times before in the past. Uh, that happens, folks. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about with Dakota later on the show. But before we do, we have to
1: tackle them. Headlines. John Cena, up for a major award, Darren.
3: I won't make the Christmas story reference uh, again, but I I can't help it. But not just any award. He's actually up for the Sports Illustrated Muhammad Ali Legacy Award, uh, which has been held by uh, sports greats like Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jack Nicholas, Magic Johnson, to name a few.
1: To name a few other L.A. Lakers. Right, right. (laughs) Um... No, this is very uh, this is a big deal for wrestling, I think, because you are talking about, their words, not mine, legitimate athletes.
3: I was wondering if you'd bring that up, or if
1: I would. I'm sure there are quite a few uh,
3: sports folk who are like, whoa, whoa, wrestling, that ain't real. But to say that John Cena is not an athlete is false. I will absolutely back up John Cena on that one. And also to say that he does not
1: give,
3: because he's a very giving individual. Oh, no. Lots of charitable... Uh, and that's what it's all about. Well, uh, absolutely. Uh, make a wish. Uh, lots of things with the troops as well. I mean, and, and that's kind of what this exactly is all about.
1: Yeah, Sports Illustrated themselves uh, actually said, John Cena might just be the most charitable person in sports. His dedication to philanthropy richly reflects the spirit of the Ali Legacy Awards. So, you're going to say that about whoever the recipient is, but you're not going to choose them as the recipient unless it's true. Right, right, right. And for those of us who watch wrestling, love or hate John Cena, this is what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why most people, if they're fair... Love him,
3: and that's or ki- at least respect him, and that's kind of funny because I'm sure there's going to be some uh some sports folks who are like, miss what we just said, like, "Oh, but he he his he he ain't real athlete. What he does isn't real." But here we are, which we're not always high on John Cena, you know. Or I won't speak for you; all speak for myself. But I will absolutely defend John Cena and say, one, he is an athlete. Two, he's a very giving athlete. Uh, to say that he does not give his time to uh, charitable causes is is absolutely false. And if that's what the spirit of this award is, they're not saying he's the greatest lineman of all time. He's you know he's not the greatest forward of all time. Uh, no, this is what it is, and uh, he absolutely deserves it. If you ask
2: me,
1: for sure. And uh, he will be receiving the award very soon uh, on December the eleventh oh. from the Beverly Hills Hilton in Los Angeles. Hey, I've been there. He will. Uh, John Cena will be. Uh, receiving this Ali Legacy Award at the SI Sports Person of the Year, and so congratulations to Cena. Recognition for legitimate work by a <laughs> not legitimate athlete. Whoa, whoa no, whoa. no, Why no! I'm that? just again going back to the criticism that we know someone will levy on this situation, even though they're totally out of line to do so because outcomes predetermined or no. There's nothing illegitimate about professional wrestling.
3: Absolutely not.
1: Especially in terms of sporting events.
3: Oh, no. A lot of training, a lot of dedication to the craft uh, if you're going to be any good at the sport or get anywhere in the sport. And uh, two people who know that quite well, they know it firsthand, would have to be the two guests we have on our show today, folks. Rodney Rios and Kaden Green of Dakota.
1: Got a hell of a couple of athletes themselves.
3: Absolutely. Uh, tag team that's making the names themselves. They got some gold around the waist or around the, 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 the shoulders or wherever they want to hold the belts. I, I don't know.
1: It's up to them. Well, Dealer's you know, choice, as you, they say. You know what tag team championship belts are? Titles? They are. Uh-huh. Uh, well, if, unless you're Vince McMahon, then they're not belts at all. No, no, no. Because belts are what you wear to hold up your pants Right, exactly uh, No, they're they're demon shit Oh yeah, hashtag demon shit Of course, everything is demon shit This is uh, what I'm told So dear listeners, you got a chance to meet Ronnie Rios and Caden Green on our live show Episode 105, live from The Fest 17 in Gainesville, Florida And again,
3: why there were no 105 live, 205 live
1: jokes made We missed that we did. one so we're now ninety-seven episodes away from being able to say two o five live. Cut. Tune in in ninety-seven episodes, folks, for that that real knee slapper. Tune in for the next ninety-six as well, <laughs> but also make sure you tune in ninety-seven. Much a-
3: like we anticipate a Christmas story marathon, you're going to anticipate. You're going to anticipate that two o five. There you episode. go. Only there two more go. years.
1: Only two more years. <laughs> Only two more years. Hey, we
3: all think we make so many episodes in a week. Um, So, that's that. So, yeah, the Coda on the show. We appreciate having him. And uh, let's get right into it.
1: And dear listeners, at this time, Perry and I are joined by Ronnie Rios and Caden Green of the Coda. Hashtag demon shit. Welcome to the show, fellas.
4: Hey, what's up, man? What's going on?
1: Glad to have you here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down The middle and i'm sure that's what attracted you
4: to us i mean we actually have searched for a lot of podcasts that call it right down the middle and none of them do so uh, well besides obviously the whole reference show uh because that's the podcast that uh what is it calls it right down the middle yes (laughs) yes our
3: reputation proceeds us well thank Mm -hmm. you very much mr caden green uh, well, awesome, well it's really great having you guys on the show We've been meaning to have you on the show for a very long time Let's start from the beginning, gentlemen Caden, uh, I know you've been at this uh, wrestling thing a bit longer than, uh, than Ronnie uh, So, But let, let's hear about uh, the humble beginnings When did you first even get into wrestling, as a fan?
4: Uh, personally, um, I started watching wrestling when I was like 8 years old My grandfather took me to uh, go see Dusty Rhodes he was like a huge Dusty Rhodes mark. Um, so he took me to a Championship Wrestling of Florida. Um, I think they used to do it at the fairgrounds. I was like, so I was like eight years old, and I went and saw that. And then like, I was about ten when Raw hit the air. So that was like super hot, and I would watch that with my grandfather. Um, and then one day it just like became so cool to me. And like in high school, I was that kid who had who wore the rock t-shirt to school and like I had like a stone cold hat and I was like I thought it was the coolest kid in the world I mean granted I wasn't at all but I sure thought I was <laughs> cool uh, to um, me well yeah well at least to somebody so.
1: <laughs> why wow, we should have all really just been able to where was the internet then when we could have all found each other then
4: thankfully it didn't exist no yeah, it because, existed no it was then it was there. It just was slow.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was there. There wasn't on, There wasn't anything on it except for uh, what, were, what were they called? The the Halebop comet people. Major Apple White. Oh wow. No,
0: I mean there was actually. That's funny that you mentioned that because I think wrestling has been a cornerstone of the internet since the internet really became like a publicly used tool. Like, wasn't that a thing that WWE touted for a while, that in 95 or 96, Sonny was the most searched person on the AOL? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, It was. It's also funny that you just used the word tout. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because that was WWE's official uh, little foray into...
0: My mother was an English major, so I have a $10 vocabulary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Uh, No, you're right, though. That actually was a big deal, that Sonny was that searched it was like, well, I mean, I guess it would have been Pamela Anderson, Ginny McCarthy, and Sonny. Yeah.
3: This is just yeah. Darren's search history, uh, ladies hey. and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: actually waiting
3: for pictures of Sonny to uh, show up on my dial-up connection right now. I started it <laughs> I started it 20 years ago. It's still churning. It's still going. Eventually, we'll get there.
0: We'll get that full page.
1: Little known secret about the whole reference show, it is done entirely through <laughs> dial-up
2: modem. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. My so. grandmother still has a dial-up modem. Oh no!
2: Does like, she I still get AOL mails? I, met her and her. Mail? I was
0: the other day, and she was like, "She was also like, boo, can you help my computer?' It's like all my emails messed up, so I go to fix it, and it's like, it's so weird to me that AOL still exists. Like, and like they've updated their graphics. Like when I opened her email, it like looked like how everything looks now, where it's like super minimalistic and everything. And it's just like, so you guys still, this is still a thing. You're still updating it. But you're like, nah, dial up.
1: It's just one guy doing it. It's just one guy. That's all it takes. Because that's the only. Your grandmother's the only user. Oh, Lord. She's paying that guy's salary. So, Caden, so you're seeing Dusty Rhodes in championship wrestling from Florida. Uh, What's going on with Dusty Rhodes at that time? I mean, what. um, Before Raw, you're seeing it with your grandfather. You're in Florida, you're at the fairgrounds. Did, did, was that enough to to bite to to get you to bite?
4: I think it was really actually my grandfather's love for wrestling that got me into wrestling like at eight years old I mean you really don't like give a crap about really anything at least' in, you know like at least for me like I remember being like, oh yeah, this is cool that guy's big yeah wow that guy really punched that guy in the mouth and like... It really was just kind of one of those things that like my grandfather took me to and I was like oh this is a thing and then like watching him get so passionate and like Raw comes on the air and then like WCW comes out and he is like a huge Eddie Mark and like watching him lose his mind over Eddie Guerrero like lit some weird fire in me that I was like this is so freaking cool and i one day I'm going to do this. But I also said that about, like, I don't know, like being a Power Ranger.
2: Which, <laughs> just, well,
4: which, in a different world, I did that. But, like. Well,
1: there are plenty of alternate worlds for Power Rangers. I'm sure no, you're in he one of them. literally
4: was a Power yeah, Ranger. He... I was a Power
0: Ranger. He was the Ray's baseball Power Ranger.
2: <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, what? So, yeah, no, it's a real thing. Google it if you're really, really bored. But.
4: I spent a year of my life as a Power Ranger, so like, my 10-year-old dream came true, and then my, now it's like I'm chasing my other 10-year-old dream.
2: Oh Oh my my. goodness.
3: Well, I need to immediately Google this Power Ranger deal, and I I won't use a dial-up connection, so I'll actually (laughs) see what it is sooner um, than later. I'm gonna check that out for sure. Uh, Ronnie, I imagine by the time you got into wrestling, uh, Dusty Rhodes, well into latter days WCW, correct?
0: You'd be incorrect, sir. Oh, ooh, um, ooh, Because honestly, you know, it's funny. Is I've had this question asked me a few times, and like, I don't have a succinct answer. Because pro wrestling has literally always been in my life. I can't think of a moment it wasn't there. And that part of that was because my mom was a big fan. Oh wow! And my brother was a fan as a result. And so, like, my I like my earliest memories have pro wrestling in them. I have my brother's toys. My mom would rent the tapes and then subsequently let me rent the tapes like a big part of my early childhood was every weekend I would go to a video store and rent a different pay-per-view but what was funny about it was like I didn't give a shit about continuity or like sequential order so I'm like drastically watching these out of order right. just <laughs> when looked cool and uh but you watch enough of them you start to see the reoccurring characters like I watched Wrestlemania 2 after watching Royal Rumble 92 where so it's like I saw my first glimpse of Roddy Piper was him winning the inter- Intercontinental Title, and then I see him boxing Mr. T, and I'm just like, "Oh, that guy, okay." <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh, that's, that's he, a, he
1: gained fifty pounds and cut his hair off.
0: Well, yeah. I, I
3: think a lot of kids. Uh, I mean, well, when we were kids, rather getting into wrestling, um, we we did the same thing where we went to like Blockbuster or Hollywood Video and rented Coliseum video after Coliseum video. Uh, of like, you know, Rumble 92 is always a favorite and, you know, God knows what else. But please.
0: the biggest travesty of my life, like like the first moment I felt like the first time you get ripped off in life was I rented WrestleMania 11 and I guess the tape was corroded. Oh, So I watched the whole show and then I didn't get to the finish of the Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam match. Oh so. man,
3: well you are and, missing out. And
0: I think it's like, you know, this isn't, Ninety seven, ninety eight. So, like, that's well gone. And like, I don't have YouTube, so I'm like,
2: how did that match end?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's a lot more
3: exciting not knowing than knowing what actually
1: happened
0: in the
3: match.
1: Well, I have to say, I have to interrupt here for one second and make sure that the coda is aware that they are being awarded the whole ref and show no prize because you have successfully mentioned Lawrence Taylor because just last episode Perry pointed out that we somehow managed to mention Lawrence Taylor in every episode, but you As stole
2: you should because
1: he was not
0: bad. For all the pro people for all the people outside of wrestling who got into wrestling, like I give him credit. He had a fucking match well, like, and, 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 it he, it. no no you're not wrong anyone
3: who takes wrestling seriously even for that one match and they don't like shit on it in any way you have to appreciate when they're like in on it you really do have to kind of go with it and be like you know what they're not so bad uh, so clearly you guys both uh, fans of wrestling since you were young um, parents getting their getting their kids involved with wrestling seems to be a recurring theme on the whole reference show I'm thinking about Sue Young Who watched wrestling with uh, her father Absolutely uh, Serpentigo, Whose father was a wrestler um, So it kind of seems to keep happening and, and going over and over again
1: You and I of course grew up We had to go find it Because Oh yeah None of our parents liked it At all No no they no They highly no. discouraged it They really, really did
3: so you guys, obviously, are big fans. Uh, and like I said before, Caden, uh, you got into wrestling, like actually doing the wrestling yourself uh, a bit sooner than Ronnie. Uh, tell us about uh, your your desire to get in, where you trained, and the, the humble beginnings, again, the humble beginnings.
4: So um, I actually started at Florida Championship Wrestling when it was WWE's developmental. Oh, wow. Um, I... Uh, I went to one of their shows, they were running these shows in Newport Richie at this place called Bourbon Street and uh, I met Sin Bodhi or Kazarni and I was talking to him I'm like dude this is so cool, how do you get in this, that and the next and he's like well they're actually starting a class um, in a couple weeks I can get in, you in touch with them and this that and the next and I was like yeah sure why not and they're like it's this much money and my jaw hit the floor but like I worked my ass off and I paid for it myself and this is Ten years ago. Wait, 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 wait,
3: wait! Um, I'm sorry. Exactly how much money is this much money? I think our I want to
4: say, I want to say it was either three or four thousand dollars. Okay. For a three month training camp. Oh. Um, okay. And uh, so it was during developmental. Like developmental was going on during the days. The, the student camps are going on during the nights. So like developmental, those points was like. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and like um, Curtis Axel all of these guys were in developmental at the time and they would just show up at camp and like beat us up it was just crazy and like we're learning and whatever so that's where I got my first training and then um, I left that camp after about four months and we did like a in camp like final class which was technically a WWE tryout I guess but they just didn't They like told us that like ten minutes beforehand. They're like, "Oh, by the way, guys, WWE scouts are here. So if you guys impress them, I'm like, cool. I've been wrestling for like ninety fucking days, so (laughs) of course I'm gonna definitely impress them." Right. But so like all the dudes in developmental were there watching it. So I walk out and I'm like, my character at the time was called Rumblebee, and like I was essentially a giant bumblebee boy. Which obviously is basically what I'm doing right now with the demon sex cult. So. (laughs) uh, Rumblebee, I I can see being
3: involved in a sex cult, sure. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, definitely. So I'm this clean shaven kid with like Randy Orton hair and like a spray tan that was like. (laughs) that made me look like mocha. (laughs) So I came into this thing like. Full-on, hardcore, sucking, worse than anything. And um, I had a match against this kid named Tony who stopped wrestling, I think, a long time ago. Um, But looking out into the audience, and all these dudes who now are WWE-like dudes, like on WWE, are there. And apparently, like, two or three of them got microphones and started doing commentary on it. So, like, there's tapes floating around of our, like, trial matches. And, like, Stu Bennett. Yeah. Oh, Barrett. Wade Barrett is, like, just shitting on everybody on them. <laughs> and it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> now, did he, wait a minute, when the match was over, did he pull you aside and be like, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> 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 You sovereign royalty. <laughs> Nice, very nice. And you were like, that's a good idea for a gimmick, by the way.
2: That's like. a good idea. <laughs> you should do that
4: in 5 years.
3: Oh, <laughs> wait, 5 years, I will. Uh yes. okay, so I mean, WWE sadly did not take you at that point, but it you didn't, s-
4: surprisingly enough, yeah. I'm surprised. So, yeah, so after the camp, like um Steve Kern, who was the head trainer at the time, pulls everyone to the back and he's like, "All right, great job, guys, kind of and uh <laughs> he's like he's like i want to uh, talk to a few of you and um the rest of you just come back in about seven years and try out again like seven years so it's been 10 and i still haven't tried out again but whatever um he pulled one guy aside who became one of their refs for like like who's on wwe touring right now um and then a couple other guys who like went on the developmental were jobber dudes for like fifteen minutes and then got um shit can't but like um yeah so that was just a weird adventure so I went did Indies for like six or eight months and then Brian Knobs opened up a school and he was like, yeah you should come out and just help train some of these kids and I shouldn't been, I shouldn't train anybody um <laughs> I was like, but He didn't mean come?
3: wrestling. He meant,
4: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he meant because I could, I couldn't cut a promo to save my life back then. I couldn't wrestle for shit. But like, I still, you know, I was like, oh, well, I'd love to come and work out with you guys. So I did training there, and then somehow ended up giving that man money too um, to like learn to train to learn more. Yeah, so that was an adventure. There was one day where I'm pretty sure. Like, he was like, yeah, guys, everybody come in, and I'm going to hit you with cookie sheets. So for, like, a good 30 minutes, it was just bump, get hit with a cookie sheet. Bump again, get hit with a cookie sheet. Trying to get you ready for Puerto Rico. (laughs)
3: He he, he just wanted an excuse to make lots of cookies. That's all that was. Yeah, so
4: it was an adventure, to say the least. I think he whacked us with kendo sticks at that point, too. That's nice of him. Um, But it was, like, it was a training. It was a hell of a training. Um he would beat the shit out of us beforehand with like cardio and like squats and push-ups and all that stuff. And then he would get us in the ring and he would blow us up to the point where like we couldn't breathe. And then we would learn. Which was like the old school way of doing things. Sure. Um so that's where I started training and like I went through these boot camp wrestling trainings and then um I wrestled for a few years. I took a couple years off for family stuff. And then I came back about two years ago, um, because someone was like, Hey, you should come up to camp and bump around just for shits and giggles. And I was like, yeah, why not? Nothing sounds like a great idea, like getting punched in the face and getting beat up a, a bunch. So, um, <laughs> I went back to camp or I went to Jay's school where, um, Ronnie had been trained and, uh, like just started working out with some of the guys and they were like, Hey, you want to be on the show next week? I'm like, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll do that. That's a thing. Um, so I actually wrestled Ronnie there. We can go into that story later because that's a whole adventure. Yeah, like the first time me and Caden met each other, we were wrestling each other. Oh. Um. Yeah. So and then I did some training there, and and well, not really some training. I guess I was just there, like shaking off the rust and working with some dudes and whatnot. It's funny though because um, talking about that because it's like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bury people I'm
0: allowed to bury uh, Some of the students at The Lethal Academy Like I don't think they realize like Some of the Benefits and privileges they have That a lot of wrestlers don't right. Especially young ones uh, They have access to a school Almost six days out of the week um, it's Only as Even more so now that our promotion has two rings Because um, that used to be The only reason there wasn't a ring was because our Dave, our promoter, was renting it out um, but, like, they have so much time and so much access to get better and to grow and to really, like, get their shit together. And that's the one thing I've noticed about Caden. When I met him, you know, obvious ring rust, I don't think he ever considered himself, like, a super technical wrestler to start. But he's in that ring 15 times more than any student in that school, aside from maybe a couple, of like, bright stars. And I've seen the change he's so much crisper he has so much more confidence in the ring and like so it's just like it's funny to me now that like you say that like you know like I know I I guess I'm like I feel like you've retrained yourself over the last two
4: years yeah yeah definitely like well I used to be I used to not really have like a move set all I did was like kick people and like I don't I think my finisher was a pedigree or something like that. And uh I mean granted I was a huge DX mark as a kid, but like my whole like just the rebranding of myself when I came back into wrestling and then like the evolution of what came because of the coda and the way that like we wrestle and like everything. It's just weird. Like i started doing moves that I wouldn't have seen myself doing the Yakuza kicking out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Um <laughs> yeah. I just I just started adding new things. Yeah, like this Yakuza. Um, it's like a... Uh, it's, I call it a slingshot Yakuza. It's like a double bounce like Yakuza kick. And I think I'm going to start calling it To New Zealand with love. Um, oh, yeah. Because I'm obsessed with Dakota Kai.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's still one of our best Twitter, Twitter interactions is when we were taking promos one day, we both did the Dakota Kai pose. Oh, it was
1: the best.
0: Hashtagged it. Dakota Kai. Yes. And she liked it and commented on
1: it, and I was just like, You're in. (laughs) (laughs) She's all yours. Go get her. All right. So, you know, uh, Caden, you're talking about working at the Jay's school. Uh, Obviously, obviously. You you mean Jay Lethal for those who don't. Okay, can't put that together, right? So, uh, uh, well, I was I was curious who was doing the math because Caden says J, Ronnie says lethal. And Academy. I was like,
0: well, they're gonna add it up. Jay yes, lethal. And so, what are you talking about? It's Jay Briscoe school. Oh
4: well, <laughs> he's he's just a, a killer. He's a serial. Killer. He's just,
1: le- he is just
0: lethal. He's just lethal.
4: Lethal. He's the <laughs> lethal wrestler. His wrestling is lethal. Damn, 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 <laughs> Delaware boys is, is, uh, Yeah, it's yeah, no. Jay Lethal School. I actually met Jay a few years back when I was, I refed for a little while. um, And I worked a couple of Jay's matches through a couple different um, promotions. And that's where I met Jay. And someone was like, yeah, it's Jay's school. Just come on up. He knows you. You can bump whenever you want. And I was like, I'll do that. So, and then I was like, oh, like, showed up and Jay was there. You know what's funny about Jay is like, I love him to death. But he's one of these
0: people that's like, if he doesn't know you, he's very weary of you. And like, even though he's met Caden a bunch of times, and he's literally half of the tag team champions in his own promotion, he still always looks at him kind of like, I'm not sure about this guy. And he <laughs> turns to me and he goes, oh, your buddy's here. <laughs> and
3: I'm
2: just like, wow. L-A. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: I, I
3: don't know what 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 it's going to take to uh, get into Jay Lethal's good graces, but uh, you're m- maybe you're almost there for all we know. Who knows?
0: I was, yeah. No, Jay doesn't dislike him. It's just one of those things where it's like I think Jay's just like I don't know, Jay's just a weird cat. He's a great guy. I love him to death. I owe everything to him. Uh, for everyone who hasn't figured it out yet, I was trained by Jay Lethal. Um he's just he's just like I don't know, I think as he gets older, he's just he's he's become a lot more opinionated, I've noticed. Like he'll he'll say some shit about people and I'm just like, Oh, okay. Alright, so him. you feel that way. Uh and I think he's just yeah, he's he cares about his students. He cares about his people. He cares, you know, his students are his family. So I think and if you're not one of his students, like, he's chill with you, obviously. Like, Caden's in the school all the time. It's just, I don't know, I guess there's always going to be that one, like, I didn't train you. So I don't know you on that level, and I don't really care if I know you on that level.
3: <laughs> right, right. It, it sounds like the the black machismo in uh,
1: Jay Lethal uh, shining through. So Ronnie, you say you're trained by Jay Lethal. How did you find yourself there? You said you don't remember life without wrestling. But how mm. did you end up being trained by Jay Lethal?
0: Um, I guess, uh, so when I was, so this was, I must have been about 22 Uh, I'd always wanted to be a wrestler, Um, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, uh, I did go through a brief period where I wasn't watching wrestling from, like, 15 to about 21, I wasn't watching wrestling, Uh, just because, you know, you grow up, you go through that rebellious teen youth phase, you want to learn new things, try new things, I was in a couple bands, Uh, you know, I went to art school, Um, aspects of that are still with me, like, I definitely consider myself like an artist, and, you know, I'm still obsessed with music, But um, as I was kind of drifting out of my adolescence into like actual adulthood, um, I had this like very traumatic experience. Um, I don't really want to go into it. It's nothing that crazy. It was just like a really fucked up relationship I got into. And once I got out of it, um, you know, the relationship had like kind of taken everything from me. I had no job. I had no money. I felt really broken as a human being. So for like literally a month straight, all I did was sit in my house and watch YouTube clips of wrestling and like went back and like re-educated myself on wrestling. Like I watched every pay-per-view from the new generation because that was like the one area of wrestling I wasn't a thousand percent on because I lived the Attitude Era and I'd watched everything kind of up to John Cena. But then so I went back and watched all the new generation and then started watching like the stuff i had missed since i left like you know more like the last vestiges of the ruthless aggression era into like the modern era um and you know and then so i remember like i got out of that depression thinking to myself okay my the only thing that matters anymore is my dreams because that's the one thing nobody could take that from you you can't take your dream away so i don't care if I suck at it, I don't care if I get hurt I don't care if it doesn't go anywhere I just want to say that I'm a pro wrestler And I want to say that I did it So I started looking for schools And actually the first bit of training I ever got Was so um, Story about my mom here She just wasn't a fan of pro wrestling She was a fan of the wrestlers
2: Um, Uh And (laughs) I had had
0: dated a few of them Um, The Steiner Brothers and Dusty Rhodes Actually sent flowers when my oldest brother was born Not my oldest, my older brother was born oh
2: wow um
0: um, and the funny thing about my mom was so she dated harley race for a really long time and there was a a rumor going around that harley was my brother's dad because my brother has really tight spring curly hair um but my mom always said like no it couldn't have been harley because when i got pregnant i hadn't seen him in like four months and now it's actually a funny story was my mom said he came back into town and was really excited to see my mom and she gets out of her car and she's like six months pregnant. And he's like, Holy shit. I haven't been here in six months. We gotta go. So when I kind of confided in my mom that like, I really want to do this, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. She was like, well, the only person I trust to really train you is Harley. So I'm, he's doing, she said like, I looked him up. Apparently he runs a promotion in Missouri uh, and he's doing a seminar. It's like one week. I'll pay for it. I'll pay your filling ticket. I'll pay for everything. I want you to try it before you just dive head first. And I was like, okay. So I flew out to Eldon, Missouri, which was the biggest, literally a one road town. That was the biggest fucking hole in the wall town I've ever been in. (laughs) Uh, Their Walmart closes at 11. Oh,
3: (laughs) say no more.
0: (laughs) Um, To be fair, everybody added, that was with WLW, his promotion. And everyone there was like, super friendly uh his son who was like his top guy was running the camp and this was before he had admitted he, he was his son so uh but uh he was running the camp and harley was just kind of sitting there in a wheelchair uh because he had just had neck surgery Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and
0: they weren't being mean they weren't like doing insane drills or anything we were doing drills but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like people yelling at me it wasn't like the sergeant thing but he was just doing shit that i was like I think he was intentionally trying to break people subconsciously because he had me bumping in a boxing ring, which to the wrestling fans who don't know, it's very uh, different. Wrestling rings—they they hurt, but they're they're manufactured in a way that they 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 have more give. A boxing ring has no give, It's none. It's just boom, boom. You don't barely hear a sound. That's part of the reason wrestling rings have a give, right. so you hear it. Uh, just so. I remember just coming home to my motel room at the end of that day and, like, being sore in a way that I had never been before. Uh, sore in a way that was, like, I couldn't, it, you know, people always say, like, oh, I hurt so bad, I can't move, da-da-da. Like, literally, I wanted to cry. Like, I couldn't, like, I'm telling my brain, get up, and it won't do it. And, and it's just like, oh, Christ, my dream is dead. This fucking sucks, but I got through that week and I went home and I was just kind of heartbroken and sad, and I kind of thought about it for a while and I was just like, no, I can't, I can't give up. I just, I gotta keep trying. So I started looking for schools and I actually almost went to um, the Dudley School in Kissimmee because you know I found a, fun, a bunch of fucking fly by night kind of bullshit schools, um, but I wanted to train with someone reputable. I went to the 3D School. I met with them. Um, they seemed really nice. It seemed like it was a really professional facility. And I was just like, okay, well, this might be my best chance. I guess I have to move to Kissimmee or I have to commute a bunch. And, uh, before I had made a decision, uh, Aria Blake actually contacted me.
2: Oh,
0: wow. Uh, Aria Blake of Fest Wrestling. I actually knew her before we were wrestlers. Uh, we were, we had mutual friends just like, cause she's really into music and I was in a couple bands. So we, we kind of hung out in some similar crowds. And she had seen me post about like trying to be a wrestler and she was like, Hey, Jay Lethal's opening a school in Clearwater. You should come check it out. And so at the time it was connected to this Newport Ritchie promotion called uproar pro wrestling. And so kind of, I don't really know what the details were of this, but uproar pro wrestling was ran by this guy named Mark. And I think don't, I, if some of this is incorrect, I apologize to Mark, If he's listening.
3: I know. We are quoting you. Here we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the setup was Mark had a promotion. He wanted to open a school so that the promotion had more money because that's how to get more money out of the use of your ring. And Jay wanted to be – Jay loves wrestling. He wants to have a wrestling school. He just doesn't have a ring. So Mark's deal with Jay was I'll give you a wrestling school – if you train the students, and then like I can charge them and advertise at like Jay Lethal's Wrestling Academy with Up for Wrestling, da 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 da. Oh yeah, sure. And so, so that was kind of the deal. And I had like a really great experience training with Jay. I had one of those few experiences that like a lot of people they say you know, oh I I train at uh, Luke Gallows' school, or I train at Seth Rollins' school, and I or I train at Creator Pro with Brian Myers, and it's like. Yeah, those are their schools. And the guys that they have as their head trainers are great guys, I'm sure. Like, I know Pat Buck runs the Creative Pro School. Like, they're not putting unqualified guys in the ring with you. You're going to get trained well. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's you, you're kind of not, maybe you see them once a week
2: right. and sure. you get a
0: little insight from them. But it's like, nah, man, Jay Lethal fucking trained me. Every bump I took, every move I learned, every sequence I did every drill I ran was with Jay lethal and um, I don't think a lot of people can say that about like, you know, going to a name school and saying I was really trained by that guy Right. Um, so that was special. And I think because of that, you know, I come from a You know, I'm not saying I'm even on these guys levels. I'm very self-conscious actually of my own ability But uh, I come from a really good class uh, hunter law Uh, Troy Hollywood, Snoop Strikes, uh, Aria Blake, Danny Vincent, uh, Steve Frick, uh, me, Eric Weeks, or or William Weeks, if you remember him from Impact. I just come from a really, really strong class of guys who were still working, guys who were going places, guys who were talented. I think part of that was we we had so much experience and so much in-ring experience with Jay Lethal. He kind of... And what's great about Jay's training is that I don't wrestle anything like Snoop Strikes. So he didn't train me like Snoop Strikes. He trained Snoop his own way. And then when he got to me, he was like, you need to be a monster. You need to know power moves. You need to, you need to know how to brawl. I need to see that Cactus Jack, Stone Cold side of you. Right. Because that's what you're going to do.
1: Well, that's a, he, yeah, that's a hell of a trainer. To be able to see that in all the trainees. To differentiate the training style. To sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say lead the witness but uh, sort of help you along where you're naturally supposed to go, you know. Yeah. And the fact that, like you said, the fact that you're getting that one-on-one direct training from the man who's putting his name on the school, that's pretty extraordinary.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So you guys uh, mentioned already that uh, obviously your your paths did uh, merge together, uh, but you guys weren't always on the same team. Apparently you guys actually faced one another well, let's, let's hear all about that. Okay, so um, I, had, I had been out of the business for a couple
2: years, and then I came back because a friend was like, you should come to the ring and bump around at Jay's
4: school. Um, and then, you know, after a couple weeks, the promoter is like, hey, you want to work this show? I go, yeah, sure, why not? He's like, who, I'm like, well, who am I working? And he goes, Ronnie Rios. So after an ungodly amount of Googling, YouTubing, and Facebooking, I found absolutely nothing on him. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and then he did the same and found absolutely nothing on me. Ouch. So, Which is a blessing because anything he would have found from me would have been like six to seven years old and god-awful.
3: Um, uh, I'm fighting a Power Ranger? What the hell? <laughs> Power
4: Ranger not working out how I thought it would be. So, yeah, so they're like, yeah, it's you and Ronnie Rios. And he had just came off of injury, so he had been hurt for, like, four months or something. Six months. Six months.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, so both of us were shaking off ungodly amounts of ring rust. <laughs> and uh, we had this match, and it wasn't phenomenal. Um, somewhere in my mind it was a banger, but it was absolutely not a banger. <laughs> um, and we're, like, d- finished with this match and, like, whatever. And this dude... um. David Mercury. Is David Mercury. David Mercury. David I don't if you haven't seen David Mercury take like ten minutes out of your day and watch yeah. a few of his matches. Dude's brilliant. I love him. He's like literally one of my favorite people in the Indies. Also, right also a current guy. Also a current guy. But a pre FCW current guy. So Dave goes, You guys look like a tag team that just broke up or something. You don't look like you don't look like opponents.
0: Yeah, just they were not two random guys put together. It looks like huh. there's some kind of connection between us. Well, what does that
3: mean? It's, it's typically you see people who like look similar, and it's like, ah, uh, oh, you guys could be a tag team. But what do you think he meant by that exactly?
4: Um. Well, because we were fight, like we had this match against each other, and like I'm, I was very my gimmick at the time was very Bray Wyatty, and like. I mean, kind of aspects of what I am now, but like uh, it was more, more of that, and like super pushy on the cult side. And um, Rios was just like a, a, like a baby face and like almost like shield type gear. Yeah, I was like very Roman Reigns at the time. <laughs> so like we kind of just like we're both dark haired. Like, bearded dudes. Um, we're both half But the, the,
0: the thing I could compare it to is, like, do you guys remember when Rollins was feuding with Elias? Right. It was kind of like that, where it's like, you just look at them and you're like, I don't know why, but they look like there's a connection. Like, they look like they're brothers or something. Yeah, right.
3: no, I right. totally dig that. Okay, yeah. okay. that right right makes more sense now. It's not like, hey hey, you, Typhoon, or Tugboat, you look a lot like yeah, Rick. Yeah. No, it, was,
2: yeah, it wasn't
0: No, like, it wasn't like this thing of, like, you guys look like each other or you look like two halves of a whole. It's like... Right, right, right. No, you just look like there's a story between you two, like a story deeper than just the match. It's like you have a history with each other. Okay,
2: okay, okay. So, um, yeah, so
4: the both of us were kind of, like, in limbo at, at Tampa Pro. I was just kind of this guy who was just being... Thrown weird matches, and like, they're like, here, you wrestle this guy, and then this guy, and Rios was in the same boat, and we were just like, we took what Dave said, and we were like, fuck it, let's try being a tag team, and we threw names around, and we threw ideas around, and eventually like, we came to what we were, um, and uh, started building just what the kodo became, um, then like, six months later, I'm like aggressively sending out emails to companies trying to get us bookings. And, um, we went out to fest just to hang out. And I, we talked to Tony and we gave him an eight by 10 and we were like, look, we're this tag team. We're from Tampa. We've been tagging for like eight months. We'd love to get on a show. And he's like, well, I need teams for the love cup. And I was like, cool, cool. I don't know what that is, but I'm, Down for a cup of love, baby.
3: (laughs) Right, right, right. Quickly, for those who don't know, of course, uh, Caden is talking about Tony Weinbender, the promoter of Fest Wrestling, uh, which, of course, we talk about on the show lots and lots and lots. It's actually the first time we saw the Coda in action was at Fest Wrestling. Uh, Continue, Caden.
4: So so we're locked in. We're going to be in the Love Cup. And then, like, to think about this time... Maybe a couple of weeks prior to this time, but about the, sometime in November of last year, I get a text or a email from Tony. He goes, uh, so I don't know, you guys busy for this um, pickle in a tree? Um, I mean, you want to come out and do a pickle in a tree, work a match? Um, I was like, yeah, dude, we're, we're down. We're down, 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 uh-huh. um, So he put us against uh, high profile And still one of my absolute favorite matches um, of the, what, almost two years that we've been a tag team now.
2: Yeah. It's Um,
4: it's
0: funny how, like, there's people that we've wrestled, like, six, seven times. And the matches get better, but they're just kind of like, it is what it is. Like, the second we were in the ring with high profile, everything clicked. I don't know what it is, like... If it's just the way our bodies move, if it's the timing we have with each other, but like we instantly clicked with each other, and I was just like, oh my god, thank god, because I just didn't want to embarrass ourselves on our debut, and I'm just like, (laughs) oh, thank god.
3: Well, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, it's not enough that you, you could have all the wrestling knowledge in the world and be just the greatest wrestler of all time, but if your opponent isn't at least, like, on your level or near your level, it's not going to be a good match. It's not going to translate. And the fans are not going to... They're not going to appreciate it. They're going to shit all over it. So, I mean, it, it does mean a lot that you have, like we always say, good dance partners.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is, like, with the team, um, just to go back on something Caden was talking about, uh, like, they were just, like... I mean, they just didn't want to deal with us. They kind of were just, like, looking for a reason. So, so Dave... Or Dax the Axe as he goes by when he wrestles. Uh, Dave owns the promotion. By the time <laughs> I,
3: I think Dave sounds a lot more friendly. But yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he um he didn't he didn't um want to be the booker initially because he felt like if I own the promotion and if I'm wrestling in the promotion, I shouldn't be the booker, Because right. it just looks bad. Um, so he gave the book to a veteran wrestler that he trusted, and that wrestler. You know, I don't think he disliked us, but he just didn't see it. He didn't get it. Uh, to this day, this wrestler doesn't really get our gimmick. Um, Some people don't. Yeah, That's right, right. And um, he he just kind of just didn't want to deal with us. So he was like, "We thought me and Kaden we were like, all right, we're gonna do this like storyline. We're like, we're gonna wrestle each other a couple times, and then eventually you're gonna beat me in a match, and then I'm forced to join your cult, kind of like a like a kind of like with the Randy Orton story." Uh, they did with the Y family, or kind of Dan O'Brien too, yeah, like, yeah, just, like yeah, yeah. just like, being forced to join this group, and then eventually I'll turn back, and you know, blow off and shit, uh, he was like, nah, you're just gonna turn, and now you're his mind slave, and I'm just his lackey now, and uh, so we were doing, like, run-ins, and doing, like, bullshit tag matches where we were just getting destroyed, and um, <laughs> but, you
2: know, I told him, I was like, you know, dude, If they're going to fucking do this to us, like, they're still booking
0: us. Like, like, they're booking us, so fuck it. Let's make most of our time. Uh, And we, you know, we focused on getting matching gear. We got, oh, the coda came from, um, we were just trying to come up with names and just something that didn't sound like everything else. And we're both big music geeks. We've both been in bands all our lives, and not all our lives, but, like, a lot of it. And uh, I was like, hey, have you ever heard of this term called a coda? And he's like, no, what is that? And I was like, it's something in sheet music that means something's coming to an end. It's a signifier of the end. And I was like, what if we're just the coda? And that's why our finisher's called End Refrain. It's like, it's all music terminology. Um, nice. Uh, like, we had a move we were using for a while that was called Aviso de Muerte, which is Spanish for death note. Um, you know, just... So just, like, kind of swirling all these ideas of, like, death and then... Um, the, t- the hashtag demon shit just came from we were planning our first run-in, and we just didn't know what we wanted to do. You don't really plan a run-in unless there's a very specific thing you're trying to do. So it's just like we look at each other and like, what do you want to do out there? And it's just like, I don't know, demon shit?
2: Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, let's just do demon shit. And I hashtagged it on a post, and it got some traction, and we were just laughing about it every day, and we're just like, Alright, this is a thing now, I
2: guess.
0: Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of been our and what's funny is from your guys' live show, now I've started posting on all my coder related
1: posts, hashtag everything is demons. Yes! <laughs> yes! We have done that as often as possible as well, because yes. I mean we all think we all came to the same conclusion that day that Everything is demon shit. Is demon
3: shit. <laughs> I also appreciate uh, the coordinating the names, uh, the, the the running theme of the code and everything like that. But was there ever any thought about coming out to Paul Simon's Codachrome?
0: <laughs> You're the only person that's ever made that joke. Yes!
2: <laughs> You've yes! made
0: that joke to me about three or four times. No! <laughs> no! Yeah. No, you made that joke. I appreciate it. It's like a calling card. It's just like, (laughs) oh, I'm talking
4: to Perry because he's made this joke. (laughs) Damn it, damn
3: it. I I love love Paul Simon.
4: It's (laughs) it's worlds better than everyone else who's like, oh, Dakota, North or South Dakota. Oh! Yeah. It's the worst. It's so lame. And it's just, I don't even know. Like, I mean, if you're going to pick a Dakota, at least go with my Bay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: right there you
3: go uh, okay well then I, I will officially retire the Paul Simon Kodachrome reference no
0: no uh, please, please don't no, okay. no. It's, I have this running joke with Milo Beasley um, so when we worked fest for the first time we were doing promos and Milo's getting promos in his like his, his his hobo gimmick and I just walked up to him because he's got his stomach out and I just poked him in the belly button and there's a picture speedy took of us of me poking his belly button so <laughs> every time I see Milo Beasley I don't shake his hand. I don't give him a hug. I poke his belly button.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a sweet thing that only you could do. And anyone else did it, they'd probably get uh, beaten down by Milo Beasley. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so awesome! Well, you guys are are definitely coordinated at this point. You got the you got the name. You got the gimmick. You're working tag matches. Things are starting to kind of click for you guys. But I mean. Uh, I mean, again, we saw you guys the first time at Fest Wrestling, and we were really big fans from the beginning. And, again, we've wanted to have you on the show for a very long time. Very glad it finally is happening. Um, And you guys have made a few appearances at Fest Wrestling, but uh, you've wrestled, you actually got got some tag team gold from somewhere else recently. Is that correct?
4: Um, Yeah, actually a couple places. So we currently hold titles for... Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling, which is our home promotion. Nice. And then Ocala Championship Wrestling, which is out of Ocala, Mm -hmm. Florida. The ones for our home promotion was like literally such a nuts like feeling because we'd been wanting a legitimate title shot. And Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we felt like we were at this point where we're the top tag team in Tampa Pro. And I don't like being that guy who's like, we're the top tag team. Blah 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 because <laughs> so 1990s. But like we were we were on every show. We were doing so much, and then this match, they they're like, "Well, what do you guys want to do?" I'm like, "Well, I want to blow everyone away is what I want to do." So we had this match, which was it was a hell of a match um, to say the least. Against at that point the tag champs, which was. Dax the Axe and uh, Chris Calloway. and Chris Calloway. So They're the Renegades the, the Renegades we've had probably I think, I think we've wrestled them the most out of any team What's funny was actually to talk about the Renegades
0: um that was the moment Dax knew um, so eventually the Booker that that we that didn't want to work with us um, Dave uh, took the book back because he was like. I, I I need to have more control of my show. None of my guys are getting over, and so and,
3: um, and Dave was like, "I'll make myself tag team champion." And uh, hey, hey, this hey, is hey, what I was hey, afraid of hey, happening hey. is now happening. Listen, uh,
0: I will defend his decision because he did hey. not want to be tag team champions. Okay. He actually put the belts on another team first. He put on the this very well known Florida team, State Line, uh, Eddie Torres and Damian Angel. Uh, Damian got hurt. And like they had to like almost immediately vacate the belts and Dave was just kind of in this spiral moment where he's like, I need to put the belts on somebody I know is going to be here because he was trying to book other teams. He thought about other teams to put the belts on and everybody was either giving him an insane rate or they were like being flaky like, well, you know, I'll take your belt, but I don't know if I can work every show. And you know we're a new promotion. You gotta get your titles over. So that means you gotta have consistency. You can't put the belts on somebody and then they don't show up for three
1: months. Hell yeah.
0: Um. So, so that was you know that was not a decision he wanted to make, but it was a decision he did make. And to his credit, I mean they're they they're over like and in that in that group in that fan base we have like they get pops. They get rea- they got reactions every time they came out because you know Dax is you know, six foot seven, 350 pound man. And, oh uh, as is a very competent worker. He's got like, kind of like a, uh, like almost like a, I don't know what you would call it, not Shawn Michaels, but like kind of like a Dolph Ziggler style. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's can do the mat stuff. He can do high flying, like, you know, uh, so they were a good team and we wrestled them before they were champions. We were feuding with them and, we did a, a blow-off match on a Halloween show. And on this show, uh, their joke was that they came out first dressed up as us. Uh-huh. Uh, so they had, like, Dakota shirts on. They're wearing our face paint. Uh, Cowboy had this big fake beard. Dax took a can of spray paint and sprayed a yellow streak in his hair so he could look like me.
2: Wow.
0: And they come out. They do our entrance. They... They had a little, uh, this uh, one uh, wrestler named Ruby Flyer, uh, who was kind of a small guy. They put, like, big, fake boobs on him so that he was Serenity, our valet. And it's just like, (laughs) they did this whole shtick where they were making fun of us. And they thought the crowd was going to pop and be like,
2: yeah, you know, fuck
0: Dakota. They turned on them so hard. Just a chorus of, ooh. And that's when Dax realized, like, oh, fuck, like, these guys are getting over. Because it was just like that thing of like, yeah, no shit, we're getting over, because you have enough, like, I think, I took that as a compliment, because it's like, oh, there's enough distinguishing features of our gimmick that you can put a costume on.
1: Right, that's true. So, like, yeah, like, yeah. There's
0: not a lot of guys you can put a costume on of. You know? No,
1: exactly, and actually, it's it, a good well, point. This, uh, one thing I've noticed is, uh, a lot of, uh, you, you guys have a really sharp, Uh, defined, refined image, uh, if you will. And I know that I've seen some of it start, uh, Ronnie, on your Instagram in the form of doodles. Now, uh, so I guess, you know, both of you, I'm, I'm sure, are contributing to ideas. But the most remarkable thing is that I see something start as a doodle on Instagram. I blink twice and you've got professional gear that comes from that doodle and I'm like, these guys have like the fucking mice from Cinderella making this shit <laughs> yes, they, overnight?
4: Well they're they're rats because you know we're um, demons so they're, <laughs> right, dark, right, right. they're they're black
2: rats and they no, wow, it's pro-wrestling. We have the rats make the wrestling. Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah. Not
0: pro-wrestling rats.
4: They're, <laughs> they're magical Cinderella rats. Okay, that, that's,
2: that, that's yeah, better
4: the than the ring Cinderella rats.
3: Rat. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, obviously that, that harkens back to uh, what you said, Ronnie, about uh, getting really into art for a long time. Obviously that's carried over into your your adult so it, life, I should say. Yes?
0: Yeah, I mean... See, Eric, I listen. <laughs> uh Kaden and I, we um, we're just very. We have that DIY mentality of just like, and we're also not afraid to spend money. Like, I like the new gear that we debuted. at uh, – So the last best show we worked, we are a family. <clears throat> I was like, I want new gear. Like, I, I I want new gear when we get there. And it was awesome, and, by the way. Uh, thank you. Um, Beautiful gear. Beautiful. I, I spent four hundred dollars on that. Like for all of it. Like you know, I I paid for. I designed the artwork that went on our tights, but I paid another artist to do a final version of it because I'm good at, like, twee indie illustration stuff. I'm not, like, a – I'm not a comic artist. I needed, like, good, aggressive-looking artwork, so I paid somebody to do that. But it was – it comes out really good because I could give them a really – a really competent drawing of, like, this is what I want. Can you please just put it in your style? Right. Um, and so we got that. I paid the money for the gear, um, because it's, you know, like, I have a good job, and I have a pretty stable home life, so, like, I can afford to, and it's like, you know, the thing is like, I, this is, like, like, what do you spend your money on besides bills, like, the things you care about, like, the things you want to do, like, you know, know, I don't really drink, I don't smoke, I don't play video games, really, I, like, buy the new WWE game here and there, um,
3: And make yourself, uh huh. I make you and Caden, and you guys are probably the current tag team champions on 2K19. Um,
1: Oh God, I'm right. uh, (laughs) No comment. No comment from Dakota.
4: Wait, is it actually? I I think like three people have said they were planning on making us on the new
2: game. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm still waiting. We're still waiting.
4: (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like I could put something up on my uh, on my Facebook, and I'll be like, you know, like, hey guys. Uh, we're looking for a February whatever date. And then people will be like, oh, man, I'm making you guys next on, on 2K. And I'm like, oh, you are? Cool. Let me see. And then, like, four Ritz. months go by <laughs> <laughs> nothing has happened. I'm like, that's fine. I'll just draw myself in
0: this sketchbook 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty easy to make me now because Pete Dunne stole my haircut. <laughs> oh, oh, oh well, I guess
3: that's kind of a good thing for the sake when of I making the, when you. When I did
0: the my career mode in the new game, I like that was like I, I I dropped all the VC to get that haircut. It's like that's my
1: haircut. I need it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay. Okay. So you you don't you you play a little bit of two K nineteen or eighteen or whatever comes out. That's fine. Yeah. But but you, for the most part, you don't have too many vices outside of of wrestling, which in itself yeah. is obviously a huge vice. That's a,
0: yeah. that's the thing is like that's what I that's what I save my money up for. That's what I use my money for because that's my that's my interest. That's my passion. That's my release. That's my goal.
3: It's work related. You're you're spending money to make money. It makes total sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And that's the thing is, it's just, you know, so much of wrestling is like, yeah, you got to have it between the ropes. If you don't have it between the ropes, you know, the, 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 the veil has been pulled and you'll be caught basically. And it's like, you're a fraud. Get out of here. But so much of wrestling is like how you present yourself. Like we have like a really good looking merch table because we were in bands and we know what a merch table should look like uh real easy things that are just like people don't think about like i'm so mad every time i go to wrestling shows and i and i get it if you're traveling shit happens but like the cardboard with the sharpie that just says like shirts fifteen
2: dollars right. five dollars it's like i literally took a picture
0: of one of our promos that we weren't using for like anything else and i asked, asked Kaden, i was like you grew to photoshop can you just put our logo at the top and then put a bunch of price lines and he's like sure did it in Thirty seconds. Sent it to me. I went to a Kinko's. I printed it and then I laminated it for like a dollar. And now we have this nice little price guide to slap on all of our tables. You know? Hey man.
3: <laughs> then I mean, and, and that's the thing, though. I mean, you you are obviously you are the talent. You are wrestling clearly, but you're also your own managers. I mean, you mean you're your own. Uh, you know your transportation, the room, all that stuff. That's all you and. It, it it can it can be a very miserable experience if you don't know what you're doing, or you won't get the most out of it that you could if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. But it sounds like you guys have a pretty firm grasp on like this needs to be taken care of, this gotta be taken care of, this needs to look presentable, that's gotta look good, otherwise we'll look like we don't know what the fuck we're doing, and no we've one's got, gonna give a shit.
0: We've gotten booked on pictures. Perfect, that's, yes, exactly. You've yes. got like like literally like I like I think like 98% of the reason Tony booked us for the first Love Cup was we took a really good promo with River Horse Photography. Um, shout out to Alan. He's awesome. Um, uh, and that's the advice I would give any wrestler is get good pictures. Absolutely. Go to a Speedy. Go to a River Horse. Go to somebody who can make you look like you know what you're doing. Because <laughs> that's like, dude, that's what bookers look at. They, they don't look at your They don't really look at your bio. They don't go through your references. They look at a picture and maybe watch 15 seconds of a match. And then they're like, all right, I like this guy. All right, nah, fuck that guy. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) No, no, absolutely. It's all about putting your best foot forward. And why would you not do that uh, if you're trying to get booked? And someone doesn't know you. They don't know your body of work. They've never heard of you before. They can't watch you on Raw or SmackDown, so... This is how yeah. you get your foot in the door. And obviously yeah. your talent keeps you in the room, and you guys have that, and that's why you are in the room, for sure, wrestling. Uh, Caden, you've, you've been wrestling for a while. Um, I, I don't want to keep harping on that. You
1: are a little bit older than Ronnie, um, but <laughs> do, do you <laughs> – sorry. Uh, it's just true. He's clearly come from a different era, an era in which you could have – a Randy Orton haircut and get away with it Absolutely yes And uh, he knows more about the, the
3: dial up And a
1: mocha spray tan <laughs>
3: <laughs> But like I mean you've been around for a while And you know you've gone from super fan To being immersed in it And you've had you know ups and downs uh, Do you feel differently about the business Than you did like maybe a, a few years back Like and now that you're like Immersed in it
4: I would say so yeah because it's changed Like so much so when I was coming into the Indies originally, it was like the way you got booked is so different. Like it wasn't Facebook communication. Like MySpace was around. Like it was still burning hot at that point. And like, so you didn't contact a booker by on Facebook on the page, on their page and say like, yo, I'd like to work for you guys. There's a photo and some video. Like you showed up to the show and you like, built a ring and then you're like, Oh yeah, I was trained by so and so and if you I'll work this match for free, if that'll help me get um, you know, bookings down the road and To be fair, that is still a big it is still a thing, but the but it's changed so much that you can get booked without having to fly or, or drive out to the show. Instead it's like nowadays you can get over because of a viral clip.
2: Oh yeah. And then
4: And like so you don't have to make towns per se like you did back in the day because someone saw – like three years ago, um, Joey Ryan did the dick flip thing. And it he what?
3: He did the what? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar he with this.
0: Lift a man with his with, penis. His, with his penis. He never watched wrestling before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've heard so,
3: of this. Joseph Ryan continue.
4: Jo- yes, yeah, son, you Ryan, don't know Joey. a wrist
0: lock from a wrist watch.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so so three years ago, Joey Ryan. Okay, Joey Ryan was always pretty big in the indie scene. And obviously, everyone a good amount of people knew who he was. And then the dick flip happened, and Joey Ryan got. Fucking burning hot uh, because of a viral clip granted Joey was like I said Joey was doing really good I mean this was a DDT show so you so he's already in Japan but that clip made Joey
0: so hot well it's the difference from like he was a guy that if you were into professional wrestling you've probably heard of him uh right to a guy like celebrities know who he is and like normal people like I don't, I'm not saying he's like Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold bubble, but he's just like, if you're uh, somebody who's been on the internet in the last five years, you've seen Joey Ryan.
3: Right, right, right. There's, there's such thing as being internet famous, and Joey yeah. Ryan, if, if if any wrestlers are internet famous without being on SmackDown or Raw, Joey Ryan is definitely that guy. So Exactly. He is the so, Hulk Hogan of internet fame, I will say that, yes. I
0: would, that's... And <laughs> Yeah, that, that also because because since he's done that, like, Joey Ryan's an amazing wrestler. I've seen him have some wars. Absolutely. And um, even when he, like, you know, I'm not even talking about when he was, like, more of a straight-laced wrestler. I'm talking about, like, when he was full-blown coming out to pina colada, sleaze, lollipop gimmick. Right. Like, he was still having great matches. Not that he doesn't now, but I'm just saying since the dick flip, it's like he's so conscious of that now that, like, he can go into a ring and be like... We can just fuck around because all they want to see me do is flip you with my penis.
3: Right. But Joey Ryan found out the hard way, it's a double edged sword because he can do a Spanish fly off a ladder, but really they just want to see the dick flip off the ladder. Yeah.
0: But that that's off gonna fly. but the thing is that's gonna extend his career so much longer. Absolutely. Like, sure. Have you guys seen what he's been doing since he tore his tricep or not tricep, yeah, his the, bicep?
1: The staring contests?
0: Yeah, the yes. staring contest. And then and then while he's doing the thumb wrestling, he's trying to get Cody to grab his dick. The other one, rock, scissors, paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: So,
4: like, and they're chanting, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like I mean, to go back to where we're, wrestling has changed significantly in 10 years. Um, so what would have got you kicked out of wrestling 10 years ago is making you famous nowadays and like those um, that envelope that like like pushing the envelope isn't a thing anymore because there's no fucking envelope it's an email so like you don't have to worry about, like, is this a thing? Like, we do demonic possessions in our matches. If you would have told me 10 years ago, hey, you're going to, like, possess a guy and make him punch himself in the face until he falls out of the ring, I would have said, no, I'm a respectable wrestler, and I would never do that. (laughs) Now, I go, did you get a clip of it? I think that could go viral. (laughs) So, like, it's changed. Wrestling has changed, and I've, like, when I came back into it, I still had that mentality from, like, 10 years ago. And I was like, yo, you got to do this the old-fashioned way. And brother, you got a brother. Brother, brother. If you don't, brother, my brother, bro. And, like, <laughs> we have this ready joke about
0: about the old vet who, who like, he doesn't want to talk or doesn't want to do anything. And he's just like, he's like, brother, how many times do I have to say brother before you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man! Well,
3: I mean, it, and you—you you were trained more old school in the beginning, so it makes sense that you're like, no nah, respect for the respect for it. But I mean, I think now it is like, you no, know, flip people with your dick, and uh, you know, uh, choke slam children like Effie did. Because I, th- I think now it is about attention. It is about being viral. It's about getting hits in the internet, and that—that sh- that shines the light on promotions, especially promotions that no one's ever heard of.
4: So absolutely. Yeah. So that's like, that's the thing. It's like you, just like anything else, and like people right now are getting famous for like, I don't know, like you get a viral video going of you yelling at your cat and then like somehow you're making a million goddamn dollars on YouTube and like you don't have to go back to Target that like it up <laughs> goddamn Black Friday because you're doing conventions, signing fucking photos of your cat. Right. Like it's, it's insane. It so is. it's like, So, nowadays, like, I I kind of learned that, like, you have to meld the two, and, like, you still have to go into these shows, and, hello, brother, my name's blah, 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 it's nice to meet you, and you still have to have the same respect that you did back in the day, but, like, you can get over without making a thousand towns. You can get over without paying dues. Like, there's a big blow-up thing that happened on the internet um, about Aria, Aria, um, about about people saying, you got to pay dues and like Seth Rollins got in it and Sammy Callahan and everyone is like explode, exploded. It like became this huge thing. And like 12 people sent me this damn thing. They're like, do you know this girl? I'm like, yes, actually I do. And I read the story and like, um, it's one of these things where I'm so in the goddamn middle of it because of, I I, I agree with David Starr's point of view. Yes. Hands Uh, down. Whatever you
0: do, it has to be valuable to you. So, what what am I getting out of this booking? What am I getting out of this seventeen hour drive? You know, it's not. It's never about the forty dollars. Rarely is it ever about the money. Really, um, it's like for me at least. Like I know we're very conscious of the money. I know Caden is more conscious of money because he has more of a home, like a more home life, that he's responsible for than I am. Um, but that's what makes us a great tag team. Is that you know I'm conscious of the fact that Caden is more responsible for bills than I am. So when we make money, it's like I you know, I rarely see our payday. It all goes to Caden. Uh I'll pay for gas, I'll pay for gear. And it's like and it's not like a charity thing. It's just like a thing of like you help me be a better wrestler. We're a complete package. And so it's like I will put that money forward because what I care about, what I want is the experience. It's, it's, I want it's, to it's say, like
3: a, it's kinda like a mentor fee almost.
0: Not even. It's no, just one of those no. things where. like... Oh, but like, you
3: guys are friends, though. But you're. But you are, are learning from. No, yeah, it, it's funny. It's one that of those you...
0: things where it's like, like back to what Dave was saying. It's like, get what, like you know, am I going to get a great match out of this? I'm always going to remember. Am I going to get an opportunity to present myself to a larger audience? Am I going to get an opportunity to be in a ring with somebody I never thought I'd be in the ring with? Uh, you know, and you know, so it's like, if I'm getting those things. Then I'm not that worried about the money now if the math doesn't add up and I really just can't do it Then you can't do it, but nine times out of ten. I can figure it out I've had this long debate in my head about dues ever since I got into the business and the, The thing I always hang my hat on is Austin theory and I say that because yes wrestling dues are a thing But everyone's dues are different because it's about what you bring to the table Austin Theory has been wrestling what a year. I've helped train guys that have wrestled longer than Austin Theory, but it doesn't matter because Austin Theory is a freak in the ring. He looks like a model. He's built like a Greek god. He's one of those guys that you can just put on a poster, and even if nobody knows who he is, it's like that guy looks good. I might go to this show, right?
1: Then um, that's pro wrestling.
0: That's pro wrestling. If the it's Booker okay. thinks off of you, if the Booker thinks that you can bring an attraction to his show he'll book you he doesn't give a fuck how many rings you've built he doesn't give a fuck how Three many miles you've driven yeah he just wants to book a good show you do those things when you're a guy who, like i don't look like austin theory so i gotta do those things so i gotta ingratiate myself to people and i gotta tell them no like hey i care about this business i care about this craft. i want to work hard i'll if i have to earn it i'll earn it right but you know some people get handed things. And I actually there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being handed things if
3: Are, are you supposed to say no? Like uh, hey, yeah, you know, go pitch in the main yeah. event. No. I have to go I have to go uh job a so few a few I curtain jerker done matches.
0: matches. To and, earn this title shot. Let right. me go job out to some more people. Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
3: I think I think a lot of people with the old school mentality have this this train of thought where uh, you you have to break your back for years and years and years to actually get anywhere, like in any kind of upper placement on the card, but they need to realize that everyone's journey is different, and some people will get there sooner than others, and that's just life. That's opportunity presenting itself. That's people being injured and and someone stepping in in that place, and somehow that match clicks and that person catches fire instantly, and there's yeah. so many factors that are just completely out of your control. And when that comet mm. goes by, all you can do is put a lasso on it and ride it as far as it'll go and and no one can fault you for doing that.
4: Yeah. I still I mean, I still show up to shows and help build the ring. I still show up to shows and help move chairs. Like I still do that. Rios does that. We do that because it's a respect thing. It's not like it's not exactly paying dues like should you drive 20 something hours to make 40 dollars and and wrestle a show like no you wouldn't do that for a, even if you were potentially going to be the general manager of best buy you're not going to you're not going to do it because it's going to financially hurt you like why would i drive to buttfuck fuck new jersey to <laughs> wrestle Why would you bury yourself financially? Because as much as uh, 10 years ago, you can't get over without leaving the state. Nowadays, you can get over without leaving the city. Like if the promotion, something hot happens, it hits the internet, boom, boom, boom. Now your payday just went from 15 bucks to 200 or 400 and they're flying you out. So it's like, there's so many different paths like not everyone's Mm -hmm. is going to go lead the same way and not everyone's is going to reach superstar like yeah you might work 22 fucking years and then finally get that call up or you might work six months and you just are that guy absolutely so Um, it's also
0: like i said the what is it worth it to you it's like you know i have friends who are like you know people like this uh that are obsessed with disney and they go to the parks like (laughs) Every weekend,
2: we are, we, yeah,
1: we know people. Yeah, uh, some of our hashtag yeah. new I mean, listeners no, wrong with are that. going, wrong That's
0: with that. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I didn't That's uh, great, but that's, but that's like, that, because it's worth it to you. <laughs> you love it, you want to do it, it's your happy place. Absolutely. And that's what wrestling is to me. That's my, I mean, not every show, but most shows are my happy place. And it's like, I want to go and I want to shoot the shit with the boys and I want to. Uh, yeah, I'll build the ring. Yeah, I'll drive really far. Yeah, I'll take your bullshit $20 payday because I got to hang out with my friends and talk about wrestling and do the thing that I love and, and entertain people and put on a show. I've always said like the reason I love pro wrestling so much is because it's the closest thing I can get to to being an anime character.
2: Okay. So like right? I get to live okay. out my
0: Shonen lifestyle of like
2: dramatic <laughs>
0: betrayals and growth and triumph and adversity and and maybe a little bit of romance and just you know it's just and then beat the shit out of people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then you go Super Saiyan, and that yeah. and that is the extent of my anime knowledge. Um,
1: I, one thing I think that's really interesting, and uh, you know I'm not going to ask you guys what your uh, astrological signs are but uh it's very uh libra of the two of you how uh, you've presented the uh the last couple of scenarios how you talk about how wrestling today uh you can get away with just doing a dick flip or you can get away with doing uh a black magic spell like a demon spell on someone but you turn around and say it's still important to be able to know how to put on a good wrist lock. You still have to put on a show. You got to come off the top rope. You got to mat wrestle. You got to make it look like a fight. The first like six to ten months
0: that we were the Coda, the the, the bent on us was, yeah, they they look cool and yeah, they got a good gimmick. But that's all they are. They're, They're just gimmick, gimmick wrestlers. They're gimmick wrestlers. They don't they they go out there they do that they do that goofy shit because they don't know how to work. So me and Caden got a fucking stick up our ass about that. And we're just like, all right, you you want to see work rate? We'll we'll, we'll fucking do work rate. (laughs) We, we just had a match, uh, against this really great team. They're called the frat pack. I want to give them a shout out. Uh, um, Josh Grady and bud, bud heavy. Uh,
2: Nice. that's a, that's, that's
0: that's a long story, but basically we helped them create that gimmick. It's <laughs> good
2: job. But, that's uh, an,
1: that's excellent. Yeah, that is an excellent. Heavy.
0: Um, and they're great guys. I love them to death. And we we went into this uh, title match where they were def- challenging for our Tampa Bay tag titles, and we were like, we went in there going like, let's do this to eleven. Let's get as much shit in this match as possible. Full on bangers. And I'll admit, it was a little little clusterfuckery. Maybe <laughs> we overdid it. It could have been smoother. It's one of those things where like, you know, you've ever been like really hungry and you go to the grocery store and you just like, you buy everything cause you want everything yep. and then you get home and you're like, well, half of this is going to go to waste cause I just want Pop-Tarts. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and why did I go to the ethnic food aisle to the British section and by Turkish delight, it tastes yeah. like a glue stick.
0: <laughs> yeah. But we get, we get through the match and we get that, that, uh, that was the match that you actually commented on, uh, Darren, where I, I, That guy I put through the table, that's butt-heavy.
1: Okay, oh, excellent. Um, God, and that was so gnarly. If you did not see that clip, please, (laughs) dear listeners, go check out uh, The Best Bad Guy in the World.
0: Best Bad Guy in the World, because I'm a CM Punk and a Razor Ramon Mark.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's Ronnie's Instagram, and you will see this uh, breathtaking... And, yeah, I, and I do mean it in that sense of the word. Yeah, it's literally I,
0: uh, I I pick the guy up and I do um I do what I what I call a spinning urinage. Uh, Rusev does this move sometimes. Billy Gunn I've seen do it too. It's basically like I pick him up like it's a fallaway slam, but then I spin him around to my side and like land into a rock bottom, um, and I do it through a table. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but uh, we get through this match, and, you know, there were some things I wasn't happy with. Like, I just said, like, you know, okay, maybe we tried to do too much. But you know what? I, I got through the curtain, and I was like, man, I'm not even really blown up. I'm no, not no, even was, really hurt. Oh, you were blown
4: up? I'm so really fucking blown up. <laughs> <even. Okay. laughs> we we'll, we'll
2: cut, <laughs> we'll cut that part out. cut that part out. So
4: bad at the end of this match. And, like, I'm normal, I do cardio at, almost every day, and I'm, like, one of those people who, like, I don't look like I train in the gym a lot, but, like, I'm in there literally six days a week and I am lifting and I am doing cardio because that's what you have to do in the ring. You have to be strong. You have to be fast. You have to be able to keep up. So that's what I do. And I rarely suck wind. Like, it's very surprising. Even if I take these massive heats that we get to the end of the match and I go, wow, I am blown the fuck up. Like lately, it's I'm like, wow, I don't think I actually sweat or I actually sweated in this match. This one, I walked through the curtain not knowing we were about to do a pull-apart, and I go and sit down and start, like, unlacing my boots, and I'm sucking every ounce of wind. And then everyone from the back rushes out, and then this giant pull-apart happens, and I go, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I take a swig of my, um, of my bang energy, I turn around, I run into the ring, and I gorilla punch, which is like this old, like, punk rock thing that you do in the mosh pit. I gorilla punched this group of dudes to try to punch one of the guys from the frat pack. I have no idea what's going on, so I just start moshing on everybody. That like, was the greatest sight. I'm standing in the corner. I've got like four dudes on me, and I'm watching my, my tag partner do like this old school Fugazi it's like, bam, bam, bam.
2: And I'm just like, what is happening?
4: So, I start doing that. They start trying to hold me down. I break free and just start clubbing these students and just Whacking him and bitch slapping these kids in the back of the head, just fucking whacking people. And I get to the back, at, like after all of this, I'm like, "Everyone okay? And I hurt anybody? Everyone okay?" And one of the students goes, "Oh yeah, man!" And shows me the back of his head, and you can see clear as day my palm, oh, like wow. or my handprint on the back of yeah. his head. He's like, yeah, you "Really whacked the shit out of me," and I go, "Quit being a bitch." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. Which is not my thing. But I mean, this kid's been in there what fifteen goddamn minutes. Right. So um I'm like So whatever, <laughs> so we do that. But I I don't think I'd sucked win that hard. And like I literally after the heat there was a spot that involved black mist and like um so like that's a new thing that we do. Um which is a which I learned that day is a DQ. Which apparently is also a DQ. The I ref know. is looking. I, you know, I don't know what it was. Was So I, I
0: pitched this Black Miss gimmick thinking that'd be a good way to end the match. Keeps our opponent looking strong. We had to do something a little dirty to beat him. I don't know why. I, I've watched a million Tajiri matches. I've watched a bunch of Muda. It never occurred to me that they have to pull the ref to do that spot. I always thought it was one of those weird in-between things where it's like, well, it's not... Technically a foreign object because you could argue that it came from you. Like, right, it's like it's like on like pist- your
3: person's body uh, fluid it's a of some Bianca sort. Bianca Belair's
0: hair whip. Yeah, like I thought <laughs> oh, it was one of those things where it's like you know you could put someone through the announce table, uh, you because know,
4: it's just there. You know, <laughs> them with the announce
1: table. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> um, but uh, only Braun Strowman can do that.
0: <laughs> but like. We tell all that to basically say we went out there trying to steal the show, trying to put on the best show possible. It was the year-end show for us. Shane Strickland was on this show, like we we were going at it. And then we got the pull. Everyone I talked to was like, "Yeah, good match, good match, good match." They gave it the little critiques. They're like, "Good match." We get this one old vet pulls us aside. And he's just like, "I fucking hated it. It made no goddamn sense. It was that you." And, and he just described it as just like it just and like. He wasn't being mean. I make it sound like he's being mean. He's not. He's he sincerely came to us from a place of concern where he's like, Guys, you just you're just doing too much. You just da 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 and it's like one of those things where it was just, God damn it. Yep. I got told I'm a gimmick wrestler who can't work. <laughs> and now and now then I'm told we're overworking. Now we're overworking. <laughs>
3: you, you gotta find that in between somewhere, I guess. I I, I don't know
4: it's man. like that girlfriend who's like you never bring me flowers and then you bring them flowers like every day and then they go you keep bringing me flowers these are too many flowers
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man girlfriends are a lot like veteran wrestlers absolutely yes, they are. especially the ones that are veteran quick, wrestlers wait a minute
0: I want to talk about this real quick I find it so funny when I see wrestlers online any, any of them young old in between talking about like entitlements and making fun of people with triggers and all this stuff like that and it's like dude i don't know anyone more emotional or more triggered than a professional
3: wrestler. <laughs> right right I, I i do think i think, i do think everyone has that nerve that if you hit they will become quote triggered and and they yeah. will just go off on you but with re- i mean wrestlers that's we, why it's called a trigger exactly we, we've we've seen it a lot it's i mean Lone Ranger could tell you about triggers. <laughs> Was it his horse named Trigger? Okay. Um so no no, but um so you guys have to see the,
0: the quote unquote old timers and they go
3: like these guys, the Dakota, I don't
0: understand it. Well you know what you know what the thing is, is this is the one thing though I do love about Pro Wrestling, is that because it's a cooperative contact sport Sometimes the best way to settle that shit. I mean, sometimes it goes too far. Like we've seen, like the stardom shit, where like they like you know they just go go straight into shoot and start like trying to murder someone. That's um, Horrible. But like sometimes you know best way to settle your differences. Somebody just thinks you're shit. Just get in the ring with them. That's all you can do. Uh, there's tons of stories we have like that of guys who looked at us, you know, and they're like these fucking assholes. <sighs> Got in the ring with us and they're like, okay, no cool. It's I get it. You guys can work. You guys are cooperative. You guys aren't bitches. Like, you know, I don't know if we look it, but like me and Caden, we can. We I mean, we grew up. We're Cuban. <laughs> My mom hit me way harder than any of you could. <laughs> she,
3: she 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 potatoed him.
4: We had, a, yeah, we had a match against the Metro Brothers, and at the end of it, they whacked us with their belts we get back to the back and we're both like you can see the welt marks from the belts and like oh my god you guys okay we really like we really laid into you i'm like dude that's not even half of what my mom would do to me for like cursing yeah (laughs) i honestly feel like i think it was uh i think it was um
0: jc cologne who hit me or jc metro apologies don't want to out you brother um but jc metro hit me with his belt and he came he's really apologetic super professional but i think he was almost like a little like like i was like not in pain at all i was like yeah i know it looks bad i'm gonna go put some soap on it make sure it doesn't get infected but i think he was almost like do, do i not hit hard like what's like idea yeah, i can see the identity <laughs> crisis in his face like he was just like oh he's like no selling my shit what's going
3: on You <laughs> should be crying
0: man well
3: um uh, that, we actually saw you guys uh, fight the Metro Brothers a little bit on the uh, the fest wrestling show We Are Family 2
0: yeah there, there I like those match. guys a lot um you know uh, they're fun to beat up they're, they're fun to <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I mean they're not about everybody though. and, and yeah, they, they yeah. don't and hit I, hard at no, all those, you know I
0: just I love guys like they were we wrestled them in Ocala they challenged for our tag belts and it was a great match it was a fun match um I just like being, I love being in the ring with real tag teams. Uh, There's so many times we get put in the ring with guys who are just kind of like thrown together or guys who don't have a lot of experience as a tag team, like they've just started. But like those guys, they got their shit together. Like they are a tag team and like, I would love to, like if we stand across from them in the Love Cup, I'm fine with that. Uh, We got high profile again. I love those guys. That'd be great. The Carnies. Oh, car- oh, oh, God. God. Uh, you guys know how heartbroken I was that we didn't wrestle the Carnies at We Are Family?
2: Oh, man. Well, especially
0: considering they had Trip with them and Chuckles, who's a guy we've worked trios with before.
1: Oh, so, my God. Guys. Yes. So I was
0: like, I wanted that so bad. I wanted full Carnies versus Coda and Chuckles.
1: That's, yeah, yeah. that would have been nice are you listening promoters book it
0: <laughs> well i mean you, you mentioned anyone, anyone please anyone. <laughs> you,
3: you you did mention love cup and vest Wrestling's having uh love is a battlefield i guess part three coming three. up this february and we're probably going to see you guys at the love cup
4: yes i would say so yeah yeah um for what we understand, we are all up in that bitch. All oh, up in that. Nice.
3: So you obviously have your sights set on the Love Cup, which is the trophy you win in this tag team tournament with uh, yes. Lothamoth's tag teams, but also I assume you have your eyes set on the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Championships as
4: well. I mean, that's the goal, really. Um, we, When we started tagging, our goal was Fest. Fest was like the the top of the cake, and this is what we wanted. Um, and then the one thing that like kind of was upsetting is that fest didn't have tag titles. And I was like, I want tag titles. I want to be on fest and I want to be tag champs at fest, but they don't have tag titles. And then last year the love cup happened and we we're like, and we were like, yeah, I want to win the fucking cup. I want that cup. <laughs> um, and we were like, um, we lost to the ducks in the first round and, um, then, like, it went on, and then it's the finals, and they're like, oh, and there's tag belts. From CT-dubs. CT-dubs, oh, guys. Yeah. There's tag belts, and all the way from Tampa, yeah. you could hear my screams of anger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: no! Um, the Nasty Boys, or the Gymnasty Boys won, and uh, I was like, uh, we got to do something. We got to do something to be there. I want to wrestle the Nasties. Like, they're on my list. They've been on my list of dudes I want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, like, just any possible team for the Love Cup, I'm so excited on. Like, every single yeah. one of them. Um, Beasley and Beasley. Like, there's so many teams that are possibly going to be in the Love Cup. Yeah. And I'm just like... I wouldn't mind getting Fab Fitness again. I, yeah, I want a full match with Fab Fitness... Um, If they're going to be there, like, literally, there's so many teams that are on that list that I want. But this year, the goal is to make it to the end because one match wasn't enough. We went fucking balls to the walls against the Ducks. We, like, that's a match that literally emotionally broke me. And I really think that, like, because the Ducks made it to the finals. And I think that if we would have went and beat the ducks one it would have shook in everybody um yeah and two i think we would have been in the finals so yeah i mean
0: but it's just one of those things where it's like you you want to see the progression you want to and you also want to make that impression um to the promoter to the fans that like hey we're here to stay we're fighting we're getting better we're getting more you know we're more dangerous we're more skilled whatever however you want to phrase it you know it's just i just you know, I, I, I love FEST so
2: much. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things
0: where it's like, who doesn't? Uh, it's you know, honestly, you know, I started going to it when they first started, and I fell in love with it. And I remember I went to the first Love Cup, the very first one that Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan won, and uh, I was there just as myself, and I helped set up the ring. And Tony was super nice, but Tony gave me the whole like, I ain't got a spot for your brother, right. And and and, you know that's that's true he's got a lot of guys to work with there's what's special about me so I I remember getting really drunk and and kind of making an ass of myself in front of Brian Cage so I hope he doesn't recognize me anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) if I ever see him again Uh, but um, it was really gratifying to go from that and then exactly a year later not only were we in the Love Cup we're on the poster and on that Love Cup poster we were dead center Yep, and I'm looking it at it. I'm like, looking
1: at it right now. I got it on this wall. I had in front of me. It is a little crazy yeah.
0: There. We're like, hey, and it was just, just like, fuck, man, eyes. that felt good. You know, I felt like, all right, I'm doing something right here. So it'd be great, yeah, and especially since um, I'm not sure about this, but I think it's getting shortened to just a one night tournament. I so think I you're right. I
1: think it is a one night tournament again, like and it was the first year. So I year. think the field it. Uh, one, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, it was cool
0: to wrestle in St. Augustine, but I really want to do that tournament in eight seconds. You know, that is where best Wrestling the is. The
3: home, home of best Wrestling.
0: The yes. home of best Wrestling, and I feel like we performed better there. That was the one thing I noticed um, when we wrestled that high-profile match, our debut at Pickle in the Tree. Like, it was a good match, and I think, you know, we we got through it, but, like, I, I don't know about you, I was scared shitless that whole match. I was just like... Uh, like my anxiety was on my skin it was just like all right all right come on let's do it do it do it we go into that we are the family match and at that i wasn't focused i was super focused but i just felt so much more comfortable like it i felt more like home. i felt like okay i'm just and i'm in a ring i'm in a wrestling ring i know what i'm doing let's do the damn thing and it didn't feel like this like i had just knocked on the gates of valhalla or something you right.
2: know it was just Can like
3: it's uh, something we've talked about because we review every uh, Fest wrestling show on our show. A lot of our hashtag your listeners know that. And something we mention uh, from time to time when it comes to Fest is there are the cases where there are two people fighting, or in this case, two tag teams fighting that are new to the Fest wrestling crowd. So it, it, this is sink or swim. It's not like you're in there with like the the darlings of like the ugly ducklings or like the gymnasty boys or like you know who, whoever. Um, so you guys are both new to Fest wrestling. You know, we were talking about High Profile with Rich Bokini. And we said, we're talking, High Profile! And no one knew who they were. And I made the joke, like, it's funny, they're called High Profile. And we have no idea who they are. Um, Which, by the way, they they were awesome. They they, they did impress us, which is great. So now we definitely know who High Profile is. We definitely know who you guys are. And like we said, we've seen you guys wrestle three times at Fest Wrestling now. And you guys have only improved. Not only just is your ring gear a lot more snazzy. But also, like you're more crisp in the ring. You guys have got more of a tag team dynamic going. You're doing new things. So I see all the I see all the hard work. I see all the improvements you guys have made.
1: Yeah, I do too. We saw I saw that firsthand. Uh, it's sort of, it's it's a fully realized. You know, I hate to bring up the word because you're not a gimmick tag team, but it's a fully realized gimmick. It's a fully realized persona it's a fully oh, realized twisted
0: i have no problem being a gimmick tech
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: it's just one of those things where like i don't want people to think that's all we can do sure no, no. Exactly. i don't want to think that like oh like yeah okay i'm not he's not Zack saber jr i'm not jeff cobb like you know you're not gonna get some insane
1: matt classic out of us right but, but you're going like, to get a wrestling match. And that's part we, of what...
2: We can go. Like, yeah. We can
1: go. Like, and that's what yeah. I mean when I say that you you have a fully realized presentation. Because yeah. you have the sharp gear. You have the look. It's eye-catching. But then yeah. you guys get in the ring and you can go. I mean, it looks like a fight. You are fighting. And that's yeah. all anybody can hope for. Again, going back to what is pro wrestling. That is pro wrestling. Is you that hook, was awesome. You hook them with a look and you keep them with the wrestling. Yeah. That was the big thing was coming back to We Are A Family and, you know,
0: like I said, we had that PTSD from the Ducks match and I went up to Lance and we're getting ready for our match. We've got the new gear on and Lance comes up to me and he goes, man, I just want to let you know, I'm really proud of you. I'm just like, you freaking, you, you, I can see it, man. Like you guys are so much higher than when I last saw you and I just, I'm just really proud of you for putting that work in. And oh, I'm that's just awesome. like I was like I can't cry. I'm a
1: demon daddy. <laughs> I can't cry right
2: now.
0: Damn you,
1: they're they're hey, tears. You can cry because everything is demon shit. Hey man. Yeah. Hashtag everything yeah. is demon everything shit. Everything
0: is demon shit. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna keep spinning in circles about it. Like it it, it it's a big thing. Again, it's just one of those things where it's like we, we love fest, we, we consider it home and you know and I and I know that because everyone there is just, like, soup, like, Epi is super cool with us. Um, uh, you know, the Sir Pentico, as much of a bastard as he wants to make himself out to be, is super cool with us. Saeed Al Sabah walked up to me and was like, I gotta work Dakota one time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, brother, I was in a heartbeat. Like, oh, man, that's awesome. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things where it's like, it's so nice to feel like people... They, it's it's one thing to be recognized it's another thing to be like accepted and seen and yeah, like and, that, and really seen for who you are you know they don't you know and i just yeah it's it you know profess practices what they preach it's it's a family yeah
3: absolutely well we look forward to seeing you guys uh this february at love is a battlefield three Best of luck to you to uh, win that Love Cup and hopefully with that win a shot at the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Championships. But until then, where can our hashtag of your listeners
0: see you guys wrestle? Uh, well, like I said, we're still Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions who nice. just recently penned a deal with the Fight TV app.
4: Oh, so, right, watch. nice. You'll be able to watch all of Tampa Pro on Fight TV, um, other than Tampa Pro will be more than likely in Ocala for, for Ocala Championship Wrestling. And yeah, we're the so the Attack team champions there as well. Oh, you guys uh, say it
3: so nonchalantly, right? Yeah, beat them all there. And no, we're uh, beat them all there. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, on the the 7th, we're going to be in Newport Richie for this thing called Cripple Fight 3. Uh, this dude, um, Rex, who is a very cool dude and he's been in this business for a little while. Um Rex's Cancer came back and they're, they're doing an event, so we're in a multi-team battle royale. Yeah. Battle Royale with Cheese. Um <laughs> to nice. um it number winner is the number
0: one contender for the Brawl USA Tag Team Championships held by the Dynasty. Oh. And they'll challenge for the winner challenges for those belts the same night. Uh we'll be in the ring with guys like the classic tag team, uh, Kiko Harris and Cody Castle. Uh, guys, we've been in the ring with, but not in a long time. So, oh, it'll be, over a year, yeah. So, it'd be cool to kind of step up with them. Trap uh, packs in there, trap pack will be there. Um, There's a lot of thrown together tag teams, yeah, in there as well. And the show in general is just really good. Uh, I think Bob Evans is wrestling, uh, Chris Silvia, Chris Silvia. Uh, uh, who else is on that card? Um, like Troy Hollywood, Snoop Strikes, Hunter Law, all those guys. Um, and then, yeah, and just as we go into the new year, uh, we'll you know be working pretty much every promotion we can find. Um, we're uh, working on like definitely traveling out of state more. This, that's the big goal this year is traveling out of state as much as possible, and also seeing if we can get on TV. Okay. Uh, we're going to bigger promotions to see. Cause that's one of the reasons we got that new gear. Was so that we weren't wrestling in t-shirts anymore. That, and that's very smart. That way we smart. could get TV matches. Yeah,
3: well, Fight TV is a good start to that. Uh, so true. you guys, obviously, uh, will we'll be seen on Fight TV very, very shortly. And uh, where, where can our, uh, where can the listeners follow you guys on social media? Uh,
4: so almost all social media is at We Are C O D
3: A, by the way. C O D
4: A, yes, not K O D A. And it's the coda, not Da coda. Um, <laughs> which is a very big misconception. Like three or four people put us on flyers as D A coda or the K O D A. Which.
2: <laughs>
4: that
0: one I get. I get why you think it's spelled with a K because. Because that's right. a hard scene. Yeah, but right, but right. but the duh, like how? Why would I call myself a duh? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> just just, just anyway, put a
3: hashtag demon shit and you'll you'll find the coda.
4: The demon shit, yeah. Uh, so yeah, at, at we are
0: the coda on on Inst, on Twitter and Facebook dot com slash we are the coda. We have individual Instagrams. He's Music City Messiah on Instagram, and as Darren said already, I am Best Bad Guy in the World. Uh, I thought about changing it because my moniker is the Bastard Son, but I just like that
4: handle too much. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Fair
2: enough.
4: And then Rios is also on Twitter. Oh, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, Uh, Caden runs
0: our code Twitter, and that kind of acts as his Twitter. My individual Twitter is one bad Rios, spelled out O N E, bad Rios, R-I-O-S. Uh, uh, Yeah. And that's pretty much where you can find us. Dear yeah.
1: listeners, please find them at all of these locations. Find them, them before they find you. Dot, dot, dot. There you go.
0: By the way, before we go, I just want to say one last thing about high profile. My favorite thing about that whole match was i think someone commented on some thread facebook youtube somewhere someone commented going, i never knew i wanted to see pg13 wrestle the ascension but here we are <laughs> <laughs> fair
3: enough fair enough these are not bad uh, comparisons here uh, <laughs> oh, well there you have it folks the coda find them on social media uh, watch them on the fight tv app soon enough and uh, go go seek them out and find them at whatever promotion that they currently uh, are running roughshod on. Go which... find
1: them in Tampa, find them in Ocala, absolutely. find them in Gainesville, and soon out of the state of Florida. Yeah, that's yes. right, folks. Yeah.
3: That, that is the goal. And uh, until then, we appreciate you guys stopping by. We've
1: absolutely loved having you guys on the show. Guys, it's been so great having you on the show. We <laughs> should have done it sooner, and we will do it again. We'll have you guys back for sure. Absolutely.
2: Yeah,
3: anytime. Cool. All right, well then, uh, Ryan Rios, Caden Green, uh, we appreciate you, and... Uh... Take care. Thank you. How are you. And once again, we do want to sincerely uh, thank Caden Green and Ronnie Rios of the Codo for taking the time out and uh, talking with us on the show. Really cool.
1: Nice guys. Nice guys. We- nice guys. They do their homework. Uh, they shake your hand. They call you brother. <laughs> That's say, That's, uh, but then appreciate uh, it. in addition to calling you brother, they call you by your real name, right well, it helps that you know, and uh, we, we call them by their k names yeah,
3: exactly <laughs> it's just easier for us it's less to remember, uh no, but it, it, it's cool because obviously we've seen the Dakota wrestle a few times as we mentioned in the interview, but uh we talked to them several times as well at uh at shows, so we we've we've got a a rapport a Michael Rapoport, uh <laughs> with, with Dakota, obviously we had him on our live uh live show panel, which was awesome. Uh, last minute they jumped in, that was incredible Really cool of them So super guys, we'll put them over any chance we get Because they are very cool guys But also very talented wrestlers uh, You promoters out there, you booked the coda They have the look, which is important But also the talent as well So give them a chance they'll, You know who will make the look. you happy Uh, Roxette?
1: Roxette, yes! (laughs) Yes! Roxette,
3: have the look. Darren, I've known you for way too long. I know where you're going with this. Okay, so... Uh,
1: All roads lead to Roxette. All
3: roads lead to Roxette, folks. And hopefully all roads will lead you back to us next week. Uh, We talked about Fest Wrestling with Dakota. And there will be a lot of Fest Wrestling talk next week when we have our preview show... Or Pickle in the Tree 3. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. There you go. So, uh, Fest Wrestling. Oh, man. If you're a Fest Wrestling fan, you're gonna have all that you can handle. Which, by the way, uh, you can find tickets for Fest Wrestling Pickle in the Tree 3 at festwrestling.com. Check them out there or check them out on social media. And speaking of social media, folks... We have some. We have some. We
1: have more than some. We have quite a bit.
3: Indeed. Find us on Twitter at RefnShowPodcast. R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to send us a Gmail, you can. The Show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or.
1: Or we're on Instagram. We love to be on Instagram, and we love when we talk to you on Instagram. So find us there on Instagram at The Whole reference Show.
3: All roads lead to Fest Wrestling, and hopefully all roads lead you back to us next week for our Fest Wrestling preview and next week's episode in general, where we'll have, of course, the latest in hashtag WrestleNews and WrestleViews. Until then, my name is Perry Smith.
1: And my name is The Incredible Badass. That is Darren Beasley. And we'll see you next time, folks. On the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the
3: middle, The whole a and a Show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.